0: On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marvis interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative
1: and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Um, Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and guys, this is such a treat for me. I'm so excited to welcome Dominic Thompson. How are you today?
0: I'm good. I'm doing really well. How about yourself?
1: I'm good. Thank you. And so appreciate your time and uh, speaking to us and um, shows sure be lots of questions and really a lot of people interested in hearing so much of your story that you already have shared in many places. But I would love to hear just kind of what who made or what were the experiences that made you who you are now? Kind of a little bit about maybe your past and how you kind of got started and where you are now.
0: In terms of experiences, I mean, I'm originally from Chicago, born and raised uh, from specifically the west side of Chicago. I I grew up um, in the 80s and 90s. I am a uh, a uh, Generation X, one year shy of being a millennium. But, you know, the millennium started in 1980, so I still truly identify with the senior millenniums. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And... um, yeah, I mean, just life in general, some experiences growing up in Chicago uh, has truly shaped me in many capacities. I, uh, I, I seen a lot growing up and experienced a lot growing up in our little tiny apartment uh, in the west side of Chicago. Um, I come from a single parent home. Uh, my mother, it was me my mother and my two sisters. She worked multiple jobs. She was a nurse, uh, worked multiple jobs. And that influenced me just to really uh, work hard at anything I applied myself to. Um, And then there was different other influences too growing up, uh, including uh, being surrounded by a lot of gang activity and and different drugs that was... uh, being flooded uh, the community is being flooded with that so it's just a lot of different experiences we can talk on and on about that but uh, that shaped me in different capacities and then uh, as well as in in young adulthood my experiences in prison and more shaped me too with a lot of different decisions that i made (laughs) in the future. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, anything specifically, I, I can't, I wouldn't say nothing pinpoints one experience to have shaped me. It's just been a lot of, uh, experiences, multiple experiences across the board from me seeing my first murder at the age of five to me, uh, and doing my first triathlon as Man. like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a yeah. lot of different, uh, uh, timelines within this uh, journey of life that I've been through, uh, but it's been—you know what—I wouldn't change it for the world. It's made me a, a better person, and I'm always learning and I'm always evolving for sure.
1: I think that's wonderful. I mean, uh, understanding coming of an adverse background, I had a really pretty rough childhood myself. I didn't see a murder if I, but definitely saw some things I shouldn't have seen and. It was really interesting to see how other people shape your lives and those experiences and whether you respond to them or react to them differently. So, you know, speaking to the the childhood and you had your influence of your family, a lot of women in your life, your sisters and your mom, and then this this environment that you're around leading to prison, what were the maybe the greatest lessons you learned in that point of time from growing up and then going through the prison experience? Because I know that's... That's probably a book in and of itself, but just kind of the larger lessons, maybe someone who hasn't experienced that could maybe kind of glean from you and your wisdom that you may have to share.
0: Yeah, I I, I would say one of the main things I learned, if I could tell my younger self, just things would get better and don't stop, continue, push, 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 uh, because things do get better. and And if anything too, you know, challenges that you experience in life, you know, whether it be a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, whether it be uh, some type of injury sustained from competing in some type of athletics or an injury sustained from somebody trying to kill you. Uh, Life truly is full of curveballs. But you got to understand that, you know, uh, you can't dwell on those curveballs. you can only go forward there's only one way in life to go and that direction is forward we are we are animals humans are animals we are organisms and organisms scientifically need to move forward and in in many different capacities Uh, and i think in, in terms of wisdom that is probably the best advice i could give anybody just to continue to stay consistent and continue to be passionate about whatever you want to do in life. Uh, don't give up on yourself. Believe in yourself, and just move forward. You know, mm-hmm. just keep it, keep it going. Um, uh, and also enjoy the experiences too. You know, because not all experiences are bad, and not all experiences are going to be thrown your way to set you back. Some experiences just going to let allow you to grow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm truly evolve into a lot of things. Cause I wouldn't change uh, my uh, incarceration. Um, if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be having a conversation with you right now. You know, oh. it, it, it allowed me to be removed from society to truly figure out who I was as a person and where I need to go going forward. Everybody think they know themselves but most people don't know themselves until they are removed from a very busy society and life and the schedule when they're sitting there in that jail cell. And then that's when you really start to understand your thoughts and really start yeah. to hear yourself and, and hear your, 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 your inner energy and your inner soul really um, uh, speaking to you in many, many ways that some people would never experience in life. And others that have similar experience to that as far as inmates are... Um, uh, prison, I'm um, sorry, soldiers off the war, you know, when they're uh, in those situations where they don't know if they're going to come home, and, or they might be on a mission that's challenging and scary uh, mm-hmm. in many capacities. Same thing it, it is when you are in that uh, facility, uh, you know, not knowing what may happen the next day, from a fight to someone trying to hurt you or Um, just no sound or you're in a hole and experience uh, some conditions that are inhumane in many capacities. So, you know, uh, uh, but yeah, that truly made me a really different person, uh, that timeline specifically within my timeline.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you, could you give us a little bit research, because I'm sure people are going to be curious what led to the time that you were in prison and what was that those pivotal moments that led you to lead a different life when you leave because you know the recidivism rate might be very high in many for many people but for you you chose a different path so how did that come about and what were the thoughts in your mind because I I believe it I mean just today I was listening to when I run, I try to listen to podcasts to build, you know, better myself and stuff. I'm like, well, I just need more time to just sit and think. But, you know, I love that you mentioned that because it's really true. We need to take time to sit and reflect. But could you share that a little bit with
0: yeah, us? Absolutely. So like you, when I run, uh, I used to, very minimal, 20% of the time if I run, uh, and if, if it's like on the treadmill, I may put music on. But when I run, especially outside, I never have music on. I never have headphones. Sometimes, most of the time, I leave my phones. It's just me and that road, right? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what decision makings you can make when you're out there running and just listening to nature. And for one, too, especially, we live in some crazy times now. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't care if you live in the most protected neighborhood in America or the most violent. You should be alert and. Uh-huh. Not- and a distraction. That's a that's a critical sense to hear your surroundings for sure. Uh-huh. I like to hear whether well, it's a car coming or somebody might, you know, want to ha- do harm or whatever. Uh, but I I can't express the response and the feeling I get during that hard run outside on that pavement uh without music blasting in my ear it's just it's just a whole different level and it's similar to if i'm competing in a triathlon the swim part right yeah. you get settled in because you know it's a long swim you're not, you're <laughs> not swimming 50 yards and you're out <laughs> 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 you're swimming you know you're swimming if you're doing a full iron man 2.4 or you're doing a half it's 1.2 then you get settled in you know it's not a yeah. it's not a sprint it's a marathon <laughs> And every three every three strokes, and you're breathing. You you just hear the water. It's just nature and life, and just your existence is a beautiful sound to Mm -hmm. take all in without the music and the devices and the distractions. Uh Uh, So that's number one. Number two. So what led me to prison? I used to be a drug dealer. Um, Uh um, uh, I used to sell kilos of cocaine that landed me. Uh, in federal prison. I got indicted. Um, That lifestyle caught up with me uh, at the age of 21, 22, and I ended up uh, taking full responsibility and serving time for that. Um, It's it's definitely not my most proudest moment, but I did what I had to do or what I thought I needed to do to uh, be a better person, Uh, I was actually finishing up college when I got indicted
1: and
0: got into that situation. Um, But yeah, I took full responsibility uh, and end up uh, serving time. I I basically got like a 10 year sentence. They gave me like five years of hard time and five years of house arrest, but I got reduction for time served, good time, and also being placed in what's called a drug program that gave us additional time off from um, from that hard time, and then I came home, and I was on. I was was expected to ser- serve a four five year term on house arrest, where I had a curfew, and they needed to hear my vocals. It was like some CIA. It was it was <laughs> crazy. It was crazy. The, the technology back then, like I wow. can't imagine now. And and here I was. You know, I never been in and out of. I never been out, in and out of jails. My first time ever wow. uh, being arrested and going through that process but when you're dealing with the United States of America versus you it's a whole different ball game this is not the people of the state the people of the county uh, this is like your US government which is <laughs> scariest documents of indictment you can get handed to you that is is for some people it's like having to load a gun to your face you know it's, it's when you when your government feel like you are in some capacity, they view you as a, a terrorist. Almost, you feel like one. Like, wow, my government is coming at me. <laughs> uh-huh. And and when yeah. they get you, they got you. They have like over an eighty-five percent conviction rate. Yeah. Uh, so if they serve you papers, you better believe they have you enough evidence on you to convict you. Uh, so I took full responsibility. Again, that was my former lifestyle, trying to catch up because I was getting ready to finish college, uh, and I even had my first entry-level position in corporate America, working in healthcare, doing medical collections and rep, uh, started off with revenue cycle, uh, medical collections. Um, and they handed me that indictment. Um, and I was fully honest with my employer uh, about what just happened. Uh, Cause it's not like I was actively doing that. That was just a former lifestyle that caught up from my teenage years. Cause the things I was doing in my teenage years compared to uh, what some people do in their teenage years in any timeline, any generational, it was just um, totally uh, not normal. This is yeah. that way. Um, and so I pleaded out for possession, took full responsibility um, and served my time in there. And then when I came home, uh, the good news is I made such an impact in, in my position doing those medical collections because I was able to clean up this AR for this hospital mm. where they collected about $4 million in revenue uh, wow. from me alone, wow. uh, and to the point that they even at my young age put me in charge of their workers' comp negotiations. Uh, they told me that if the, 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 my two bosses that was directors at the hospital um, uh, told me if they're still in that position when I come home, they got my back, um, uh, they would help me out, uh, give me, give me, because they believed in me and they, they they, felt like the situation I was in, uh, they even wrote character letters, uh, they knew that was not who I was and who I was trying to become. It was just an old lifestyle that caught up with me in some capacities. Um, and, and so when I came home, I uh, reached out to them and it took them, a, it took them a while, you know, to, it took them about six months, almost a year to get me back because they had to clear it through legal and HR, but they fought, they fought like hell for me. And it went all the way out to the CEO of the hospital. And I, I got approved to go back into work for these people. And I wow. took that It was a breath of fresh air because you don't get very many second chances in life like that. And I took it and ran, and worked hard, worked my butt off to prove myself. Like that was like my second chance at life itself. To work uh, in a corporate setting for a hospital, and the since it was since my crime was a nonviolent offense, and it was uh, you know strictly dealing with. uh, powder cocaine and, and distribution, uh, not abuse or, um, or not nothing um, violent about my crime, uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of helped in some capacities um, with me getting back to be employed in in that way, uh, and. I never looked back. I excelled. I really excelled and got promoted and promoted to the point that now not only was I left that type of skill where I was actually negotiating in managed care contracting for this hospital uh, and dealing with managed care specifically network development and went to their sister company to run two IPAs to help with the IPAs and do negotiation with, when it comes to the physician contracting and the hospital contracting and dealing with the payers to the point that I was making a little name for myself with these, uh, it's a small network, a managed care contract for anyone that lives in network development, it's a very small community you know, uh, of people that know each other and reach out to each other when they need each other or want you to work with them and stuff like that because they just know good folks. and. Uh, my boss groomed me. He, he was a former lawyer and taught me how to uh, draft contracts and, and read them and enforce them and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, may he rest in power right now, but he was amazing. A That's the first time I ever had a male, a guy uh, working professional um, and a white guy at that, um, <laughs> me, you know, mentor me, take the time to show me everything he knew. Uh, and I, and I, I was very thankful for that. I had a very great relationship with him. He passed away years ago um, uh, from cancer, but he was, a, he was an amazing guy. Uh, I got nothing but kind words for him. I, he was a good dude. And so I took that position um, and ran with it. And then uh, another company recruited me because another colleague that used to work with me and I went to that company I went to Tennessee to run Tennessee and Georgia and the South Carolina uh, and the Carolinas and, wow. and the rest is history. I just excel uh, running wow. multiple markets for this $9 billion company that was responsible for um, the payers, the Bucos of the world, as well as for the hospital systems. Um, we brought them together to provide access for patient care, you know, POS and PBO plans. So wow.
1: yeah. That's uh, awesome.
0: <laughs>
1: that is a lot of work and guys, just I'm thankful for people like you that can do that stuff so. <laughs> um, coming from the healthcare side So that says so, so that you have vast business experience the entire yeah. thing how did this transition to social entrepreneurship uh, veganism becoming the activist that you are now the athlete so like how does that?
0: yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. that's so interesting I'm to show
0: you my timeline my age because there's a lot in there right? <laughs> people, right i know i don't look my age people you know people don't believe me when i tell them i'm 42 uh but yeah i understand yeah yeah you too you, you look amazing
1: I'll, I'll be 51 in october so
0: i i thought you was like in my I, I i assume based on your experience you was least in my range but you're even you're like i am
1: i yes i'm a true Gen Xer, and my <laughs> little my my oldest kid i have three 27
0: 25 and one 23 what <laughs> okay. don't you yes. listening, if you can see this, see this beautiful woman. <laughs> she looks so young that's crazy
1: oh thank you no my daughter just graduated medical school and we moved her to Boston
0: I think I've seen that on my timeline and that's I'm I'm sure you're very proud of
1: her oh my gosh yes my husband's Filipino hence all the children are quite dark and don't look anything like me but um yeah we're pretty excited all plant-based eaters you be proud
0: yeah
1: like I birthed one I like I birthed a plant-based dot guys I thought I've done my duties
0: so So you have have Jedi knights that's that's beautiful all I can
1: do all I can do but oh, yes, oh, yeah. tell oh. us what's your veganism. Tell
0: us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of veganism, I guess that's a good segue into like, <laughs> stop eating meat in prison. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's where I stopped. That was 21 years ago. Um, I was sitting in my jail cell um, trying to figure out what I was doing in this jail cell. Like, what is the universe trying to tell me? I'm not uh-huh. religious, I'm spiritual. Um, i I strongly do believe in energies and and unknown powers and and a hierarchy. I wouldn't say a hierarchy. let me let me be careful with that word. but more so, definitely something more powerful and unknown than anything science can define. Uh-huh. Um, and if you stop to really think about it, scientists or even religious scholars and people, uh, everyone has a theory, right? Mm -hmm. You could consider it complex. It's very complex and kind of comical for some things where you have these two sides fight about, no, this is real, this is not real, and this is not not real, and that's not real. But Mm -hmm. one thing they do have in common is the fact that they don't stop to think that something comes from something. Uh it's just infinite like there is something coming from something like whether you think we come from stardust or the (laughs) ocean or you think aliens from another planet dropped off these offsprings these humanoids or (laughs) we come from a rib or atom but we come from something we're engineered from something and i think it's so fascinating and also one of the things in life us humans can stop to realize that we simply don't know, we we don't know. Like we want, we, we are so egotistical and want to know like it's our way or the highway. <laughs> like this is what it says in the Bible or this is what the the math and the science says and the logic says over here. But we don't stop to just say, you know that's one thing in life we simply don't know. Right. there's no university of heaven and there's no university of stardust. We just have theories and thoughts and, and we have our own beliefs. I have my own beliefs too, but
1: right.
0: That's one thing I will will totally go on record to say, I simply don't know. And I'm okay with not knowing. And (laughs) I'm okay without knowing. And I wish more human beings would be like that because we'll probably get along better in many capacities. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to believe that there's Allah, Jesus, God, a Trinity, or you want to believe that we do come from uh, a different planet or come from uh, microorganisms or whatever. And that's fine, but just know that that's a theory you know mm-hmm. and there's no monopoly there's no definitive answer out there and i just wish more people would start to realize that that's the most logical to me way you can view life and respect mm-hmm. others and their beliefs
1: we're know? all connected there is no doubt that's, that and i are. think quantum physics is really cool cuz we're defying what we think physics is and laws are being broken and that stuff is so cool <laughs> anyway yes we are all connected there's no debating that for sure
0: <laughs> oh, and we're forever learning this almost it's always new information coming yes. out and especially recently with the fascination of these UA, U, uh uaps and ufos and more just like finally the pentagon is finally relaxing like you know what yeah we just don't know what that is
1: <laughs> we, we were just no kidding because being military and hearing things and i'll just say i was in the air force but uh my son my youngest is just fascinated this whole concept of the ufos and stuff so literally we're just <laughs> just talking about i think it's a new documentary off of netflix that came out regarding the ufos like literally right before we jumped on this interview that is so funny it came out yeah, it was, well, I don't think it came out today, but he was telling us about it today, so my husband was, like, watching, he's like, you should watch this, and because a lot of it happened, I grew up in New Mexico, in the okay. eastern New Mexico, not okay. far from
0: Roswell. Well, you probably I, see some things, right?
1: I saw something when I was 12 years old, I'll just say, that was not, it was, okay, so it was a full moon in New Mexico, I lived, I grew up in a pretty interesting place, but anyway, but as so there was no lights <laughs> and there was a full moon and literally there was a bright light. People are going to think I'm crazy. But this is what I saw. You came, the bright light came to the moon. It was the same size as the moon. It stopped. It was really slow. Up, 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 up. It stopped. And then it just went to the right a little bit and then it went poof, and disappeared. And I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that was. And I was like, nothing I've ever seen. It was just a circle of bright light. Just whoop, and off it went,
0: you know, I I know a lot of people that live in that region and <laughs> the West Coast in general that seen things that are just unexplainable. And I don't, that's what I, I feel like society is shifting and finally understanding and coming to terms that, yeah, we're not alone. I mean, I, I think, and most of us always felt that way, but a lot of us been scared to talk about it or had their own experiences, but now <laughs> it's, it's socially accepted to be like, yeah, no. We don't know what the hell that was up there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, I'll, this, I'll just say it was it's it was seared in that young mind it was like oh my. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I, I and I love hearing more about it. I I you know I, I wish the governments of the world would release more information because you know oh they have my. information. I will. I just I feel like society maybe historically wasn't ready to be shocked by stuff because they didn't want everybody just going, instantly rogue and just like, you know, like anything, they they fear the worst if, mm. if they release too much dangerous information because people may respond not in a healthy way. But I think uh, if anything that this pandemic has taught us that the human spirit is, is stronger than you than you can imagine and, and can deal with some things, you know? Like I think, yeah. especially the younger generation, they, they're growing oh, in a way- They're amazing. Do. Yeah, they are, they are, like, you know, people always talk a lot of uh, nonsense about Gen Z, but there's some amazing, uh, brilliant minds in that generation uh, that I simply adore. And I I love to see them really holding humanity accountable in many capacities.
1: You know, and they just see things and think things and are just very clear and transparent with emotions, with what they're thinking and, open for discussion and you know it's uh, having raised my three kids I would I just sit there and look at them and I'm in just an awe of who the humans they are I was just like I don't know why why God gave you to me but I'm so (laughs) happy (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about it and so critical
0: thinkers right oh my
1: gosh I just used this word last night I was like you know like my generation like we need to understand critical thinking we have lost the skill
0: <laughs> yeah, right there and some, some people for sure and oh. you got to stay fresh and you're in a good position when you have these um, beautiful young brilliant minds mm-hmm. uh, at, at your at your ass access, you're accessible to you where they yeah. can like refresh your thoughts yep keep you on keep you on point oh they
1: keep me on task don't tour (laughs) (laughs) about.
0: that's beautiful that's beautiful
1: oh yeah but anyway back to your when you were
0: (laughs) how did you how did you go into the place where you are (laughs) so I was trying to figure out you know the meaning of my life at that Mm -hmm. point in that jail cell and I got down on my knees um, and um, I prayed and, and opened up I was vulnerable and opened up my thoughts to the universe in many ways where I was just trying to figure out what is my purpose? Why am I here? I I get for every action, there's a reaction and there's consequences, but removing all of that, I felt like there's a bigger picture that I'm missing. Hmm. Uh, Why was I removed from this busy society, getting ready to finish college on my first entry-level job? Um, I, I felt like I did, I was doing things right. It's not like I was an active drug dealer. Yeah, I had a former life, uh, but I ran away from that. Like I resigned, I was done. Like I was trying to just be a better person and here I was wow. in this position, uh, this vulnerable position. And everything pointed to a childhood memory. I, this infamous story that I'm, small story that I'm gonna tell you, but I, everything just pointed to when I was eight years old, viewing something, on my plate, which was chicken wings at the time, and I have always been a very picky, uh, finicky eater. Like I I could never sit up there and eat any meat attached to a bone, let alone chicken wings uh, with all those tendons, small uh, tendons and dried up vessels and veins and all that cartilage right there. And it's like, if you look at your forearm, it's, you're pretty much digging in your forearm going, trying <laughs> to go through the different <laughs> The veins just to get to the the flesh and I would like pick at the meat when you got some people out there savagely would just just clean it. Like like and I, I never could do that. I never could do that. So here I was looking at these chicken wings, like these little bitty arms. And my mother was there. I looked at her and looked at those wings and looked back at her. And I just like, I can't do it. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, they look like little bitty arms. <laughs> and And she looked at me like, huh? And that was, you know, this is the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that she didn't know really how to handle. Like I was like questioning, like, what is food? Like (laughs) I knew that it came from animals. Like I just knew and I couldn't have nothing to do with it. Uh, And so she smartened up and she eventually uh, started buying me a lot of fish sticks and anything Mm -hmm. Elsewhere, it's like kind of wrapped in this, this presentation where there's no bones attached. Uh, uh, and, but that memory came up in my thoughts where yeah. right then and there. And it's just like I was, this energy, unknown powerful energy, just schooled me right there on what karma is. Like you need wow. to, it's, if the universe presents you with something and you don't see through it and you turn it. I don't care if you're an eight-year-old Dominic or an 80-year-old Dominic. If you turn your back on it, I feel like it will return in some type of form. What are we talking about disease, sickness, or health, financial, a loss of a loved one, your loss of yourself, anything. And that's what I feel like I was experiencing in prison. I feel like I was very... Uh, in, in that moment in time, could have, should have kept on pushing and going down that rabbit hole. But I chose to like, okay, this is what I need to eat. Right. And, um, and that was the universe putting me in that situation to understand that I should not be a part of anything causing any type of harm. Um, and that's when I created a mantra right then and right then there for myself that if it requires harm, then no, I don't have anything to do with it. Uh, I didn't, then I denounced and made a promise to the universe that (laughs) I will no longer eat meat. Mm. Uh, And I never looked back. I would trade my uh, sides and carbs with uh, my cellmates. uh, (laughs) uh, I'm sorry, I would trade my meat, the the carbs and the sides with my cellmates. And they looked at me like I was a crazy and I was a weirdo, you know, like, and they was happy to Swap it out. They're like, you don't want your chicken or you don't want your beef or, cause it's not like they serve you a big portion of meat protein, at least back in those days, they didn't do that. Um, and so that's what I did. I went vegetarian. Um, I, I stopped eating meat right then and there and I never looked back. I was vegetarian. Uh, for 10 years and then eventually uh, when I learned of the dairy industry because I thought veget- so for the listener just so you know vegetarianism and veganism back in those days we're talking 20 years ago was inter- kind of connected to each other they was part of the same community mm-hmm. vegetarianism uh, was almost as viewed as veganism in many capacities where it was considered enough and you was you had a lot of the vegetarians out there like leave animals alone but Uh, A lot of us didn't know that what was truly happening in the dairy industry, the dairy industry had an iron fist and clad about what information was released to the public in terms of their farming practices and more. Um, And luckily, we had great documentaries finally exposing them, such as Earthlings and more, that really did a deep dive and turned a lot of vegetarians, vegans Mm -hmm. at that time. Um, So yeah, that was my my, uh, I made that promise. And I promise you one thing, one thing a lot of vegans don't talk about or people that do do this for ethical reasons. Cause this was ethical. I was, I didn't want to have anything to do with destroying the animal uh, or being a part of any harm. And that includes going back into my community uh, to uh, help distri- distribute drugs in it. So, uh, but one thing I would say when I took on this lifestyle of peace and kindness Everything went 180 for me.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, it's no secret what it could do for your health. I went down from, I was over 250 pounds when I went down, my lowest was like 187, 85. Uh, I became one of the strongest guys in the prison system because we would have um, liftoffs. And I was like top 10. um, Wow. Of a population of about 1,200 to 1,500 inmates. Uh, But we would get it in on a weight pile and there I was lifting heavy weights. Like uh, my body transformed instantly. Like within month, two two months, uh, once I stopped eating meat, and I was very jacked and very strong. It just it was crazy. All fuel complex and simple carbs. Um, and there I was just benching over four hundred pounds to uh, wow. spotting over. 400 pounds to dead lifting over 400 pounds, up to 500 pounds and more, like it was nothing, wow. uh, and just killing it. Um, and my body, that was the that was the first time in my life where I felt like I was almost a superhero. Like the <laughs> transformation and the experience, just to feel these different uh, sensitivities and 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 different energy uh, was. It. it I, I guess you can compare it to someone maybe taking a drug. Like yeah. I never, even though I sold a lot of <laughs> cocaine, I never experienced. I never. The only drug in this not even considered a drug no more. To most, I. I still consider it a drug. It's marijuana. That's the only thing mm-hmm. that I um, had experience with. But I never um, took in any drug or any psychedelics because I'm not engineered for curiosity. I'm okay with being in the now. That's just who i am as a human being i'm okay i don't need to get high to feel like uh, life is great you know uh, and i don't need to run away from anything but that's just me you know that's just me uh and so with that being said that was a close experience i just had to feeling like shit i got a red cape on like i it felt <laughs> so strong and, and it was incredible it was a great experience better than even when i used to play football wow. Um so and yeah, I never looked back. That was 21 years ago.
1: Wow. No, I've only, uh, we went plant-based uh, nine years ago, working on our 10th year. Overnight, um, when a patient of mine, just by accident, was in Western Colorado in a little town and patient said, meat and dairy upset my stomach. I said, stop eating. She came back in 30 days with her daughter, who was 16 at the time and had ADD. But she goes, you tell Dr. Marvis what you did. She actually pulled her out of school to come to her home mother's appointment. And she goes, well, I was just helping my mom because we lived in a town called Rifle, Colorado. Okay, you can imagine what type of town this was. There's, um, there's no vegan, and especially in 2012, early 2012, there's no vegan options available. And um, she goes, I felt so good. I just stopped my, my meds. And I was like, what? <laughs> And I said, that's the coolest thing ever. So I was like, what did you eat? She goes, well, what you said. I was like, no, really, what did I say? (laughs) And, um, it was literally, I was like, so the right after that, I Googled plants and ADD and, you know, I had T. Colin Campbell's book, China study come up and literally within two weeks and a, another patient with lupus who got better and very long story short, we overnight went plant-based at home with a 13, 15 and 18 year olds and my poor husband. (laughs) And, uh, some really funny things that happened in that time. And, and we've never looked back, but you know, you mentioned these memories. My daughter was two years old, a very vocal child and very uh, alert and always observing. And um, we were in a grocery store. So, you know, they have the live lobsters banded in grocery stores. And I, I never really thought anything of it, but Emily was like, mom, mom, why are there lobsters? here she understood groceries meant eating and I was like well they cook them (laughs) and she's like it like dawned on her that this moving living creature was going to be on a plate somewhere and she was really upset and she honestly I mean for a couple weeks was just talking about it and I never I never as a mother I you know I, I never took it in and understood exactly what that meant on a scale of like, wow, she's seen this so innocently, this is a life not taken. And I just see now I look back and there were this many instances where that occurred. And my middle kid, Jonathan, severe dyslexia, um, went on to graduate college and all that good stuff. But part of the things that we did for him was Jonathan, I said, you know, to help with his writing reading, I said, let's write a book together. And so we ended up writing this book when he was 10 that I ended up finishing when I was deployed to the Middle East, he, he lost interest after a while, but it ended up having this very strong vegan theme. And I was just like, I still wasn't vegan. So it's like, you know, you have those connections. The universe is like, yo, pay attention. <laughs> and it finally opens. Yeah. So
0: I I think also too, it kind of, uh, it taps into an energy within yourself that yeah. makes you more sensitive. Like you, you go back to, because I, I consider myself an empath. Uh, I've always been an empath as a little boy. It's a gift and a curse. <laughs> but that skill set really became even more sensitive and really amplified when I went plant based. It's yeah. crazy what, how your your mind, your whole state of mind changes when you remove that Violence of energy that you consume through a (laughs) meat-based diet—that's full. um, It's just full of violence. Um, You Mm know, of course, it's full of carcinogens and other (laughs) ingredients, uh, synthetic. But uh, at the end of the day, you are consuming something that died violently, and I I don't think a lot of people really stop to think think about that. Cause energy. to me and to even some scientists, is very real, and mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm sure in the future we will see some amazing, more critical case studies on just exactly how powerful energy can be. Mm-hmm. Like we have using cool. you with the other things that blew our minds as human beings.
1: <laughs> there, there are so many things that I could talk about right now
0: I'm sure, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my. You know, when I uh, relaunch my podcast, I'm gonna have you on. We're gonna talk about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because I there is just some (laughs) in medicine, you're and it's really interesting. You're so blessed to have people tell you so many. It's such an honor to be a part of someone's health journey. And they tell you their most devastating, painful things that people don't tell other people that you're, they don't prepare you for in medical school. They're like, by the way, they're going to be telling you these very deep and dark secrets sometimes, and you can't tell anyone and you're going to have to deal with it. And you're like, Oh, you're yeah. going to have to be with someone when they die. Like, Oh, <laughs> you know um, they just, they, it, it's, 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 a, it's a growing experience to say the least, but yeah, absolutely. That energy is so important. And what's really cool too is when patients or people, and doctors switch to this way of practicing medicine, it is like the light just turns on and they are just glowing with just excitement and energy. And they just want to help even more. And that it's like, they go from being burned out to just being amazing humans and want to touch people in more ways. It's just so much fun to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful community. It, it's, it's, it, it just really transformed you in ways that you probably didn't know existed within yourself. Uh, uh, absolutely. It makes you love to and have just genuine compassion for life mm-hmm. and just realize how precious and how short life itself is. It, it uh-huh. really is. It's just like people don't stop just to be like, inhale that energy, that air. Uh, uh-huh. Tomorrow's not guaranteed, it's not.
1: Exactly. And you know, the other thing is this way, you know, I, I always, I always thought I appreciated my experiences and connections and relationships with people until going on a plant based side and then really seeing, you know, the ethical component of that, because that kind of follows, you know, it's for a lot of people who mentor this in health, and then the kind of the ethical thing, you just kind of meld into it. It's really interesting. But now I understand it is, it's like this amazing day is so important, because tomorrow may not be here. But each person has such an, a beautiful experience to share, each animal, each insect. And it's just, you know, I saw this recently when I was in Boston, moving my daughter, my son helped us move, Gabe. And we were at the in line to get on a harbor to see the Boston Harbor. And a bee came out of nowhere and literally landed on Gabe's hand and I filmed it. I had my camera on my phone and he's just sitting there like this calm human. And he's like, Oh, look at this. There's a bee. <laughs> and we're talking and we started talking about the bees. And he's like, in we're, I'm very good friends with John Pierre. I don't know if you know, John JP. No, I never heard of oh, him. Oh, he's amazing. But, you know, he's worked with Ellen DeGeneres and he's, you know, all these amazing people, but he's one of these ethical vegans for like 35, 40 years. And he's oh. just like, what would jp do i was like what would jp do he's like he'd take him to that flower and so gabe just walked over and put it on the flower and i'm like we would have done that what would have been a different human if gabe hadn't grown up as a vegan yeah. and um it was just a really cool thing to see i, I, I
0: wanted to like yeah try to hurt yeah
1: them. yeah but. it was pretty cool i mean it was a lesson for me too i was like lori what would you have done i was like i'm not sure i'd have been as calm <laughs> Having been, been stung by a
0: bee. <laughs> These things hurt. I don't think if you've never been stung by a bee, it's not, the, it's not a fun feeling.
1: No, and this one still had the stinger too. I was like, holy mackerel. I'm in, I'm impressed, Gabe. <laughs> um, but tell us about your, also your business ventures. I mean, you're this.
0: Yeah, us- so I have uh, two small startup companies. Uh, I, because of my platform that I, so when I was in my thirties, uh, after, like I said, I spent my 20s dealing with the legal system and then finally in my 30s was like able to stop to really look back and and really look at where I'm at now to realize that okay I'm back on my feet. Um, I made it through a very difficult time and uh, when I was like around I don't I want to say 32 33 early 30s a friend of mine, a childhood friend of mine was like, you know, you should get on this cool app. you always talking about uh, veganism and and I was already doing things behind the scenes trying to convince C-level suite executives that run these hospitals, just how critical it is to bring back preventive care and Uh. and to eat more whole food plant-based because preventive care was like non-existent in healthcare, still is to this day, pretty much non-existent because there's really no money on profits in preventive care. Uh, so i was doing a lot of secret stuff with respect to policy reform uh at a corporate level and in Mm -hmm. the care community but also i would speak about things to my community of friends and family and loved ones and colleagues um and uh this friend was like yeah it's a cool app man you can you can just use it like a blog style or do whatever you want to do, but I think you'd be good for it. And I said, like, what are you talking about? He's like, about Instagram. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what, what is Instagram? And so he's like, just download it, Dom. Trust me. And I, I downloaded it, And I've seen all these, uh, people just doing selfies and i was like that's not me and i felt like i was a little bit too old to be doing
1: selfies
0: <laughs> <laughs> just didn't get into it but he's like trust me man just do it he's like social media is the future this before you even had what's called an influencer, or before social media was even social media right you know, had Facebook at the t- and facebook was still very new we had just facebook um, and myspace and like social media was not a thing to someone from my generation, right? (laughs) He was was like one of those very critical thinkers. So was I, and that's why he was trying to get me to download this app and to use it to kind of express myself and communicate to the world. Because if you think about it, social media, there's pros and cons to it, but social media is really your phone and you texting out the world your thoughts. Uh It really is, It's, it's your 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 megaphone you know uh-huh. you're just really speaking your thoughts um if you have a public profile and and you can organically grow and that's exactly what happened to me i choose i i didn't have time to run a blog and do tumblr and all that <laughs> i was just like i'm gonna just create this instagram and here i was living in new york city in my new york apartment my fancy new york apartment making six figures as a healthcare executive how my ex-girlfriend who was a lawyer like i was considering where I come from, it was a crazy, uh, I manifested this stuff though. And okay. it was, you know, life to me couldn't get any better considering I come from humble beginnings, you know, here uh-huh. I am working in healthcare, living in a doorman building in New York city and I'm surrounded by these big buildings and this, look, what they say about New York is real, the concrete jungle, but it's a different energy. Uh-huh. And, and I used to be biased coming from Chicago but New York is definitely special in a lot mm-hmm. of capacities it's very special. And so I got caught up in that energy like yeah let me because I just started running. I started, you know, running like New York club run club being a part of that awesome. and and just and and also too cuz I kind of like spent a lot of time in the gym not because I was trying to look a certain way but that was around the time I switched from vegetarian to vegan mm-hmm. vegan and I just had this phenomenal energy. I just need an outlet for it. So <laughs> I thought myself going to the gym three times a day. I was doing three a days, three a day wow.
1: work. Oh my gosh.
0: So much energy. Like I just, <laughs> just I wasn't doing it the look away, but I was wired. <laughs> like <laughs> and then my diet was, we didn't. So again, to the listener, we didn't have the Beyonds of the world, the guardians of the world. Back then, we just had tofu. <laughs> <laughs> my diet was whole food, plant based in many capacities, and and, right. and also fruitarian. I used to do a lot of smoothies because I was always on a go, and I, I <laughs> had this fruit smoothies galore. Oh. All these fancy vegan powders, like you know, it was like <laughs> like and, and I was wired, and I was wired, oh. and just running. I would get up and run, and I would work out at Equinox during the daytime. <laughs> oh my goodness! And work out before me and my girlfriend, we would have dinner. Like, you know, and so I used this app just to kind of highlight and uh, showcase my lifestyle and talk about human rights and animal rights, things that Mm. I was passionate about. And it organically took off. It it took off because at the time, um, what you thought a vegan male was, was two types. They both was white men, Uh, one was either like a middle-aged, ultra-endurance athlete, like a Rich Roll. Me and Rich mm. Roll was introduced into the community around the same time. That's why me and Rich Roll, we go way back. Uh, mm. Anti-Rich Roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: background of Rich. Uh, and by the way, Rich is a great guy. I can say that because I know Rich and he's a good mm-hmm. dude. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and then um, also the second type was like some, some guy that was like a surfer that would say, yeah, let's go into the, you know, the, the whole hands and get high and do some psychedelics or whatever. Like I was the opposite, but both was white guys. And here I was a black male from Chicago, from the hood, um, served time, no nonsense. And I had size on me, you know, like a right. lot. Well, lot now of-
1: you're an exec in New York.
0: Right, and now i exec exactly <laughs> in New York. Here I was talking about animal rights. And also I didn't have no filter because I was definitely one of those more radical vegans. Uh, Just speaking my thoughts, whether you like Mm. it or not, I would tell my truth and what I thought was the reality of what was happening to these animals. Uh, And the vegan community, it was fresh to them. Like, they just jumped on me in terms of ascended who I was. And my account became the largest vegan male account at the time. It just grew literally overnight to the point that NPR News reached out to me because they felt like, (laughs) Defining masculinity through veganism. And then once NPR News reached out, then other news source, ABC News, wow. Men, Men's Health Magazine, Muscle and Fitness Magazine, Esquire, all these different pieces over the, these different timelines. And then NYU reached out to me and it was like, hey, can you come speak to our student body about climate change? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just somebody, he, working in healthcare and got this big Instagram account, but I was becoming a big deal to some, some media store. But when that's NYU funny. asked me to do it, that's when my speaking, engage, my speaking tour took off. Uh, one university asked me, then the rest of them don't follow. It was just like through uh-huh. word of mouth and then health conferences. So, and I never looked back. And that's how my social media presence and me, who I am, became about. Just organically being who I am, just a kind person, just sharing my experiences. It was nothing strategic about it. I do realize mm-hmm. today there are a lot of gimmicks out there. There's a lot of, even college courses teaching kids about social media itself. Uh-huh. Uh, and you have different generations, especially the younger generation, that really want to be social media stars, but mm-hmm. um, it's inauthentic. Uh, uh-huh. and, and if anything the listener can take away from me, just be yourself. And yeah. I it's a it could be a beautiful experience. you can when you can communicate the things you love like I did. And that's what I did. I communicated that to the point that um, I decided to, like with this new fame, what better way to use this platform than to do some good and help raise some funds or or talk about different initiatives? So I created an initiative. Because the poaching crisis was at an all time high with mm-hmm. the elephants in Africa at the time with the poaching. And I thought, what better way to bring awareness to that than to create like a t shirt um, mm-hmm. and like a t shirt campaign? And to me, all the shirts, the vegan shirts on the market was corny anyway. They didn't fit who I was and my mm-hmm. swag. Um, you know, <laughs> they were just corny. So I, I, I was like, you well, know what? You know, I'm always telling people to eat plants. And what I want to talk to them and raise awareness about is the largest walking vegans. Technically, the largest walking vegans mammals uh, are elephants. And I was like, hmm. They just need to eat what elephants eat, and bull- <laughs> <laughs> it was like a light bulb went off. Eat what elephants eat, and there I, And so I designed the logo, slapped it on my jack torso at the time. I didn't know it was going to do good. And <laughs> shared it on my platform, and it went viral. We. Oh, wow. Sold like over 5,000 units our first year. Wow. There was me and my my ex-girlfriend, uh, my girlfriend at the time, working professionals in our little New York apartment, spent <laughs> our evenings and weekends fulfilling orders. <laughs> 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 and she hated me. for more more. She was like, I can't believe we're doing this. And like, and to me, it was surreal to see orders going from our apartment in New York City to Australia to Austria to India to LA to Canada. It was crazy awesome. to the point that our the second shirt that I created rivaled that shirt. Clark Kent awesome. was vegan, and then Molly Cyrus slid in our DMs like, "Yo, uh-huh. man, can you send me some goods, some swag?" <laughs> you know, we was already popping and lit. Like we, our brand was. Wow. Like, I created this brand, a house, crazies and weirdos. But when that A-list just slid in our DMs, I didn't think nothing of it. You know, I was like, and I didn't have a social media manager at the time. I was still working our account. Like she didn't know that we <laughs> had <an> account. <laughs> Taking message. Uh, and it was, it was crazy because she's like, I'm a big fan and my boyfriend, Liam, which eventually went, to, went on to be her husband. He's a big fan of this guy, Dominic Thompson. And she didn't realize she was talking to me. Like on the other end, like, it was, it was <laughs> I didn't know that this was going to be this little company like i was still trying to experience like here i was working my account and then i had this other account just for the clothing <laughs> i believe in appreciation because oh, I wanted our customers our customers became our brand ambassadors and and they found molly cyrus she well she found us and i we sent her uh, a care package and Two weeks later, my phone lights up like a Christmas tree. She posted to her 33 million Instagram followers at the time. Wow. That's how many followers she had at that time. One <laughs> in her mouth and middle fingers up saying, go vegan. And wow. It was pretty, like, surreal. Uh, it was pretty cool to see that. Like, I was like, damn, we arrived. Like, you know. <laughs> and and I, it, we just got too big to the point that I had to resign from corporate America or the company was doomed. I had to run oh. out of speed and full capacity.
1: And I never looked okay. back.
0: Uh, I resigned from corporate America, uh, left New York, moved to back to, moved to Atlanta uh, because I was always gonna come back in Atlanta. I was in New York for six years. I was getting burnt out. And the goal, I was never gonna stay in New York. I was only out there for work and my ex too, she was out there for work, but she wasn't coming back either. Yeah. Uh, um, and I love, and then one of the problems that was occurring through my speaking engagements was the fact that I was causing this disruption uh, in a good way, where people was like, okay, you got me. I want to go vegan. I want to go vegan. How can I go vegan? But there was no no companies that I felt comfortable uh, endorsing to transition from a board to vegan. Um, I didn't know these companies. I didn't know who was behind these companies, who ran them. So that's uh-huh. when I formed the sister company to Crazies and Weirdos. I formed a food and nutrition company. We borrowed a slogan called Eat What Elephants Eat. And uh-huh. we uh, formed that company uh, and created this amazing meal planning program that's created with RDS. we got macro micro inf- information and food coaches and more. We got over 3,000 recipes. So we teach people wow. how to eat plant-based. And we never look back. We... Uh, literally got thousands and thousands of subscribers that, and, and all, all because of what I was causing this incredible disruption on the speaking market, on the speaking yeah. circuit and through my social media presence. And now we're moving into, so that's, that's phase one of our company, which is amazing what we have done. We are one of the largest meal planning and also one of the most known food and nutrition companies in the vegan space. Like everyone recognizes eat what elephants eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Throughout the world in the vegan world and it got to the point like we originally was going to partner up with Embry university that's how huh. big of a deal we were getting ready to become in the beginning uh, well through the brand recognition and what i have done um, but now we're moving into our superfoods that's coming out next year um, as well as our juice and smoothie bars uh, and our restaurants. So that's what wow. we're, we we got going on in the next two to five years is this um, next lines of services being introduced through Eat What Elephants Eat, which is our main mantra is to make plant-based eating not only uh, accessible, but more importantly, affordable.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yes, I totally get, we uh, launched plant-based telehealth um, my business partner and i i actually right in march of last year and then during the pandemic it took us a year but we're in all 50 states um
0: right. just,
1: yeah i have 50 licenses myself a uh, medical license but we have eight docs <laughs> and we're about to add our ninth later this summer but we're in all 50 states offering a plant-based lifestyle medicine physician and we're in our i guess 16th month 17th month and um growing by leaps and bounds and it's uh, been quite a ride i'll tell you transforming uh, medicine in this way capacity but it's it was a need like you said you see something and you like you don't trust these companies and there's not yep. a national lifestyle plant-based uh, lifestyle medicine program or practice and i spent the last 10 years trying to do my best i did all sorts of stuff to do that and we just launched it but it was it was a uh, i understand i understand (laughs) what it is when you're like the doctors like i'm we our first we've interviewed over 50 doctors we have thousands of patients and it's funny Is like they reach out and they go i'm really interested in joining uh, a plant-based health can you please uh, pass this on to your hr and anthony you're like we are (laughs) here's hr here's the admin here's the marketing team here's the (laughs) um but yeah it's it's a it's a fun thing
0: yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh hey, if your people ever need docs, we're available. We've got some Dr. Yeah, Clappers with
0: us. So yeah. I'm sure that there's some way we can certainly work to, work together without a doubt. Same thing your patients need like meal
1: planning. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that's yeah. a
0: way we can link and collaborate in for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, that's because it's uh it's phenomenal to me. Um, like you said, how many people are are just they don't know like I Literally when I had my first patient from South Dakota, they're like, there are no plant-based doctors in South Dakota. It's like, and this is why we're doing (laughs) what we're doing. You know, I had my first one in the interior of Alaska the the other day. And I was like, Oh my goodness. So we have international um, more clients because we can't really practice medicine, but we can, you know, guide them. But when you have someone calling you from Egypt, you're just like, This is amazing. (laughs) So it's yeah, it's pretty awesome. I get it. I totally get it. So Wow, and and I'm past the time. I apologize, but you just have such a phenomenal story. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. And so how can, obviously you're on Instagram. So tell us where and how we can, our listeners can reach out and support you and and look into more uh, of the things that you offer.
0: Yeah, I'm on Instagram, uh, Dom's Thompson, or you can go to our website uh, to support us or if you want to join the herd. We call it the herd. and well, <laughs> elephant. Eat, our acronym is EWE for short, almost like kiwi. Uh, so, if you want to join the EWE herd, uh, yeah, you just go to eatwellelephantseat.com uh, and 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 click on that link and onboarding process. Whether you want to eat healthy or you want to uh, get stronger or you just want to be an ethical vegan, we would we, we truly guide you from beginner level to if you feel like you're a guru in the kitchen to a college student or working, working mom or whatever. We, we have all types of members and we cater to everyone. So yeah, you can find us uh, at com.
1: That's awesome. And thank you so much for your time. And I so appreciate your, your spirit and your wisdom and, and sharing your life with us. That was amazing. Thank you.
0: No, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe button and the alert button so you will be notified whenever we upload any new videos. On Monday, we upload the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find it on all the major platforms, such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. On Tuesdays, we upload the Doctors In. This is where I answer your questions. Thinking of that, could you please comment below any questions you might have about health or wellness or any topics that you would like me to cover? Now, if you're looking for more resources on how to start a plant-based diet, sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, anything regarding wellness, we've got you covered. Check out HealthyHumanRevolution.com. And again, thanks for watching.